The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, your little mouse figured it out. Hey, y'all, it's Romance Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. <laughs> and I'm Nicole. And I actually had two mice. I had a mouse for this computer and a mouse for the computer in my lap. And it was the mouse for the computer in my lap that wasn't working. Um, but now, watch me go and use the, the mouse for the Mac for the podcast and try to think that right. it's going to control my computer on my lap. Mm-hmm. At some point, yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to try I'm not to, edge, dude. but yeah. I'm going to laugh my ass off. It's going to happen. Because <laughs> it's just not going to be really, a, she's not going to audibly say anything. She's just going to look at me with a face of pure anger. Or just, uh, you know, defeat. a little bit of, it, it'll be defeat. A little bit of, I was going to say, it's either a little bit of rage or defeat. I don't know. It's something there today. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Monday. It's not, you guys aren't hearing this on Monday. We're recording on Monday. And for us, apparently, we can't it's get been our a shit fucking, together. No, we can't. I, well, I am full on admitting I am impossible to get my shit together anymore. It's just like, I don't know what to do with it anymore. But we made it. We're recording. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have a hoe of history to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I didn't uh, have any, actually, um, I didn't have any celebrities coming into my DMs this time. I don't have a story <laughs> like that to share. However, I did, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> if people don't know what I'm so- talking about, just go back an episode and stand. <laughs> um, but little- I did go out to dinner at Anita's Kitchen in Ferndale on oh, Friday. Nice. And I took a picture of my beverage because it was very pretty. It was an aviation, which is a (laughs) gin cocktail, but they added a little bit more like creme de violet than I had preferred. But anyway, it made it look pretty. (laughs) So I took a picture of it and Anita's doesn't really like do much on Instagram. Like I was like, is this even them? I don't even know. And um, instead, downtown Ferndale picked it up and they shared it in their story today. So oh, that's cool. Send it to me. I want to see. Okay. Like, you know, my picture. I'm, yeah. My picture? I want to see my, my, I'm famous adjacent. <laughs> oh, you want to like, you want me to screenshot like the story? Oh, no, just send me the picture. <laughs> that's okay. I'll screen, I'll screenshot the story. I'll proof, yeah, do that. I'll and then retag them in your story. Be like, I, I did. See you. <laughs> I did. Hell yeah. All right, I sent you both. So if you guys go to my Instagram at Gypsy Magic Official, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, And then I also, while I was out, ran into previous podcast guest, Rachel. She's an OG, like from like within the first 10 episodes. Oh, yeah, we remember Rachel. Yeah, and I was trying to remember her story about her Tinder hookup at the red roof in (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was the red roof in it was like a motel type place right and um it's just funny because now she's married to a guy though that she met on tinder 
obviously not that guy. <laughs> so I met her husband. It was a cute little reunion. How fun. I couldn't tell you if I could remember her face or not. Really? 100%. I am so bad at that, Nicole. We know this already. You are my human placement. I cannot, <laughs> cannot retain it. But don't you follow her? <laughs> I mean, probably, but Instagram's goddamn algorithms. I follow like 4,000 different things and people oh. and I don't see any of them. You know how that goes. Oh yeah. Because if they don't post enough, you don't like it. It just kind of gets washed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, immediately it was like, no time had passed. It was great. Had a couple of laughs, a couple of giggles, you know, I love that. And, love um, that. yeah. So I How also fun. can't go out in public and not run into somebody that I know. I in case you're say, not catching on to this, it, it happens to me every time almost that I'm out. I was going to say the, the world opened back up and then here you are back at it. Like literally as if no time has passed. <laughs> I know. Well, I actually, I went to the spa over the weekend. I had brunch and went to the spa with my um, sister-in-law for her birthday. And I was shocked. I did not run into somebody I knew. Actually, that's a lie. I saw somebody in the bathroom. I just didn't <laughs> talk to them. <laughs> That's a lie. I did see somebody I know. I just didn't talk to him, so I forgot. She's gaslighting herself, you guys, already. But truly, it, it, like, every time that she's with me, around this area at least, I see people I know. Like, at her bachelorette dinner, at something yeah. else. Like, and then every time I'm out with um, one of our other friends... I see somebody I know. And she's like, this is a thing. I'm like, I know. Like, I always have to look put together, I feel like, because I see people I know everywhere. Oh, my God. That's such a funny concept. I just remember when we before in the before times, like, I would never walk out of my house with sweatpants on. I would. It was a no. golden rule for me personally. Right? Never walk out in sweatpants. And you always have on mascara. Those are my two bugaboos. I'd, I'd probably firm up my eyebrows a little bit. That's a partial rule. Gone. Out the window. I don't know when yeah. the last time I gave a fuck about that is. I think it was this past weekend. I put on like, no, it was a couple weekends ago. I put on makeup for the first time in like three or four weeks <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> to mm-hmm. go to work. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ugh. I was having this conversation when I was out to dinner as well, because I put on mascara and lip gloss. And I mean, I had a nice like dress on, but it was because it had to have pockets because I had to carry right. around this monitor. I mean, it's a whole story, you know, it's a thing. It's a thing. However, samesies, I would not leave the house without having my, you know, hair parted were- exactly and full face yeah. of makeup sometimes and unless I was like going to work out or something but now yeah man and workout so world. our friend that I met up with the last few times I met up with her like in public her hair has been wet like her hair's not even dry <laughs> and she has no makeup on or anything and she's like who who have I become who have I turned into <laughs> Who are we? <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm- I don't know. But 
I don't wear makeup hardly ever anymore. And if I do, it is just a little mascara lip gloss situation. Um, I'll throw on a tinted sunscreen. (laughs) Yeah, there's that. I I do have powder still. I like to poof on my face on it. I threw away so much makeup when I start, when I moved, like drawers full of makeup. Cause I just literally, I'm never going to use it. And it's probably mostly expired anyway. So goodbye. (laughs) It's just, yeah. I, I now will shower more frequently at night than in the morning. Whereas I used to have to do it in the morning because I'd have to primp and get ready and yada, yada. Yeah. Do your and hair now, and yeah, well, yeah, my hair is so straight that if I put it up for even a half a second, it gets a bump in it. So <laughs> I'd have to wash it in the morning. Now I've been like washing it at night, letting it air dry, just wear my hair up all day the next day, show up to my meetings and just make sure that I have a little bit of that like glow filter on. <laughs> yeah, it makes total fucking sense to me. I mean, hello. I, I mean, it's wild. I don't know who we've become. We've become um, low maintenance versions of ourselves. I guess. Yeah. This is me post COVID. Right. Zero fucks given. I guess. I don't know. It's weird. Super weird. But then at the same time, I feel the pressure because I run into people I see all the time. Oh, so I bad. I can't fucking go anywhere without running into somebody. So bad. It's so bad. It and really actually, is. you know what? It's not that much pressure. <laughs> I've just gotten used to it. I've just gotten used to the fact that everybody's going to see this version of me, which used to just be weekend, Nicole. <laughs> You know, well, now you everybody's seeing weekend Nicole now every day. What? That's fine. Every day is a weekend for you. It's fine. Yeah. It's no big deal. Right. (laughs) Anyway. Oh God. It's so funny though. All right. Well, you ready to jump into this (laughs) hoe of history? I am. I am. Yes. I have a funny article about her. So I'm prepared. All right. Let's tag team this hoe. All right. So Miss Marilyn Chambers mm-hmm. was actually just her stage name. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was born April 22nd, 1952. Uh, and I guess I can say she did pass away in 2009 on April 12. Uh, she was a, a model, a singer, an exotic dancer, a porn star, and a vice presidential candidate times two. <laughs> I didn't come across that. Yep. <laughs> Times two in like the 2000s. So that makes it even funnier because it was like recent ish. I oh, can yeah. respect what she did as a businesswoman and could understand, I guess, why she could potentially be a politician. Oh, yeah. That I know about her. I don't know. I'm intrigued why she didn't win. <laughs> I, a couple factors against her, you know, no big deal. <laughs> I'm really excited to hear what she read. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. So in her lifetime, she achieved a couple of different rankings. And so I'm going to rattle those off first. Uh, she was at number six on ADN's um, top 50. Or um, yeah, ADN. So the American. I can't remember. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, why can I not remember this? I wrote it down and everything and I can't even read it. 
Um, well, anyway, she was, she was an avian. She was number six. Oh, I think that was, um, adult and video. Then, is that what it is? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I'm just guessing, I don't know what the N is for, but I'm guessing mm-hmm. AV is adult video nation. Uh, avn avn adult video news it's an american oh (laughs) there we go oh there's Um, also so they had their own expo and whatnot yeah and that was out of 50 so it was number six out of 50 there and then she was on playboy's top 100 sex stars of the century Mm. so like i think that's a forever thing i don't think that ever goes away like yeah for the century a top 100 and 100 yeah so like I think it was in 99 was when they announced that okay and then she was also deemed porn's most famous famous crossover but like I don't recall her actually being in any films other than porn films she was Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's good oh she was out well she was also the ivory soap girl I should well that's a different story but um (laughs) she was in like horror films yeah like the b-rate horrors where she just mm-hmm. stood naked and screamed <laughs> i well i don't know if that's true she might have had more to do with it than that but i don't know we'll we'll find well we won't find out i didn't go that deep into it <laughs> right i didn't go and y'all watch or anything. <laughs> no certainly did not so yeah if everybody's curious but anyway so her younger life um her dad definitely tried to discourage her for any like to become a model or a dancer not erotic dancer at the time just in general her dad was like discouraging her to do all that stuff and then um on the flip of that her mom was like well she's always been a show-off so shrug (laughs) (laughs) uh and then in high school she actually learned how to forge her mom's signatures so that she could escape school and Mm. so she would skip school and go to the city and do tryouts or auditions I should say Mm. um instead and then in the seventh and 1970 there's a movie called the owl and the pussycat she actually made it into the feature film and became a star using air quotes um after the film and becoming the ivory soap girl she moved from Westport over to San Francisco because she thought that's where all the entertainment happened and she was very wrong, very wrong. So um, in 1972, hold on, I have to cough. <laughs> <laughs> in 1972, she was struggling. Um, she wasn't trying to do any kind of adult feature films, but she saw this call for an audition and immediately ran over to it. And the Mitchell brothers were hosting the auditions at the time. She wasn't interested per se in doing adult film, but they convinced her Um, after a couple of pieces of negotiation basically she wasn't she wasn't um 
what's it called? She wasn't, she was so wholesome looking that they were like invested in having her because she looked like Sybil Shepherd or she was just really super wholesome. And that's what they wanted the image to be. That's who she looks like. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. Yep. So because of that, she was actually able to negotiate a total of uh, 10% of the gross or the film gross. So she earned 10% of whatever the film made, which was pretty, pretty impressive for that time. So she also um, insisted that all the actors be tested for uh, STDs. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, because like you were saying, she wasn't going there with the intention of becoming a porn star, but then eventually I think took it because I don't know I, I feel like maybe she thought nothing else was going to come her way <laughs> well that part of it but the other part of it was that she was actually when she was in Westport she was doing topless and bottomless dances already so she was already mm-hmm. an exotic dancer so this wasn't like in her out of her wheelhouse completely but she wasn't as comfortable with it as you know the in-person live stuff and so I think part of it was because she was able to negotiate. And the other part was just she was super fucking poor. <laughs> Let's be mm-hmm, honest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then, so there was Well, a yeah, I mean, her. it was it was a low-budget film, which I don't think. Yeah. You, did you say the name of it yet or no? Am I oh, The Green off? Door. Behind no, The good. Green Door? Yeah. Behind The Green Door is the name of it. Yep. And, and it was so, her first debut. And then yeah. her second her second film was in 1980 called Insatiable. So those were like your two main films. But yeah, Behind the Green Door was like a, the first. And it's and some say that it started like the porn chic era of like hardcore films, like full feature length hardcore films. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, lucky for her that she negotiated to get a percentage of the gross profits because it was a low budget film. So they probably were like, well, we're not going to make that much. And then it's like right. one of the biggest adult movie hits of this ever, ever. So uh, like, like ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of the quotes that she had when she, or one of her quotes from when people were asking her, like, tell us about making the film. She said, each sequence was a surprise to me. I never knew what would be next. I never knew what the next scene would be. And she loved it absolutely loved it like they just said all right climb up into the swing and I'll put all these dicks around you (laughs) oh my gosh well (laughs) I don't know if you if you understand I guess what the premise of this movie is because (laughs) it's about a beautiful woman getting abducted and then (laughs) initiated into live sex acts on a private stage so initiated to be loved like she's never been loved before so she is a full feature like i don't know how long it is probably hour and a half or whatever two hours where she goes through a whole abduction (laughs) and whatnot like so when she says she doesn't know what was happening yeah they probably didn't either. They were probably just like <laughs> act scared now, you know? Yeah. And now we're done being scared and you're going to be super excited about this orgy. <laughs> Get pumped. 
<laughs> Dicks abound. <laughs> so yeah, rough. Well, that's, so that's, like, a, that's, that's a there's not really a throughput line there. <laughs> no. <laughs> nah. So she while made while she made behind the green door, she was still the ivory soap girl. And yeah. Well, it actually in that era based on what I found, it it was very unintentional. Oh right. No, it was all a happy accident because you know, Procter and Gamble dropped her immediately when they realized that she was moonlighting as a porn star. But she still used it even it was like such a funny thing that even like shows like television shows and syndicate or like, you know, mm-hmm. talk shows at night were making fun of her ivory, uh, ivory soap box. Well, so <laughs> based on what I read, um, Procter and Gamble took one of her modeling photos from back in her New York days. So they were unaware of her role in the film. They just picked her out of a book of like modeling photos. No, she was a soap. She was the ivory soap girl before that she was in behind the green door. So okay. she, she, this is, this she, is saying st- like she got her they, modeling. They chose her photo unaware of her X-rated film. And so, yeah, she was on the laundry detergent box, cuddling a, a laughing baby. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a huge controversy because huge ivory problem. products were 99.44% out of 100% pure. <laughs> <laughs> so they were quickly pulled from box, like from store shelves because <laughs> they're supposed to be ivory pure. And then the media attention was insane because it was the first time that any attention was paid to like any kind of erotic films, but it was also the irony of the fact that (laughs) she, um, she was white and looked very pure, but in the film, (laughs) she was having interracial sex for the first time. On TV in the, in the 70s. And films. In the so, films. The irony there is just no, it's very not, funny. Not lost on me, that's for damn sure. Very or anybody funny. else. I don't I don't think anybody else really, you know, let that slide either. They had a field day with it. Right. <laughs> and so now, um, because of that. There's actually a clause in modeling contracts called the Maryland Chambers Clause, saying that you can never have posed topless or nude or been in any kind of adult film or Playboy or anything like that. Well, thanks, Marilyn. You fucked it for the rest of us. Well, she didn't mean to. <laughs> I know. It's just so funny. <laughs> she was just like, well, I need to pay my bills, Ivory. Sorry. <laughs> oh man yeah that's pretty good so um she and the mitchell brothers they they went on to like do a couple of films together um but then at one point she abruptly ended their relationship and ended up going to um another manager called chuck trainer 
Well, the Mitchell brothers were so upset that they actually created a retaliation documentary and called it Inside Maryland Chambers. And it was comprised of outtakes from the film Behind the Green Door, as well as the film Eve, which came out later after the first one. And it was also comprised of like interviews from people that were, um, you know, around the set, or whatever else. Um, they did it without her knowledge or mm. her approval. Mm. They, they did it to hurt her feelings for sure. It was pure spite. It was petty as fuck. But she found out about it before they released it. And so then she, again, negotiated another 10% of the total gross as her payment. And she would allow it to kind of exist and go to do the interviews and participate in that, as well as the other promotional shit that would come along with it. So, hmm. Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> right? Well, she was the star. I know. It was about it's just, her. I just think it's cre- the audacity that they went ahead and created a film about her using all of the outtakes. And then she had no idea. And these guys were getting ready to put it out into the, into the ether. Like, that's so rude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck you, Artie. That's the guy's name. Honestly. Yeah. What was the other one's name? Uh, <laughs> it's Artie and Jim. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Um, so after during after her the porn days, she was trying to get into the bigger films. And there was a guy named Ray who uh wanted to produce a movie and have her be the star and um basically empty promises it never came to fruition he actually passed away before it could come up uh and then the next one was going to be uh she was going to be hanging out with jack nicholson and art garfunkel and going south and unfortunately as they were going through the interview process they not only asked her for cocaine but they grilled her about whether or not her orgasms were real in the behind the green door movie and um she got really fed up and just fucking walked out of the interview didn't want nothing to do with it anymore (laughs) well i mean that's disrespectful absolutely completely disrespectful then um she went to go to audition for the film hardcore which was another porn uh and they said that she was too wholesome looking that people wanted somebody with fire orange hair, big stiletto heels, and a, and a big purse. You know, somebody had a lot of Like Jessica Rabbit? Purse. I mean, fuck. Pretty much. It's a cartoon. I know. Let's get it together, people. <laughs> so, uh, she didn't make it. Um, they went with somebody else. So, that being said, she went back into the porn industry um, in the 80s, in, in like 1980. And went on to film the movie Insatiable with Marilyn Chambers. And it was the top selling adult film from 1980 to 1982. And she actually got inducted to the XRCO Hall of Fame, which X rated something or other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. From that, okay. she did eventually leave the business because of her fear of AIDS. And while she was in fear of, you know, not necessarily not 
while she was in fear of AIDS. She did a couple of other things um, on the side, but she was not just in film. She also had a couple of works published. So she had an autobiography called My Story in 75. Um, she wrote a sex advice column into the mid to late 70s for a magazine and the column was called private chambers <laughs> well be, she well, yes that's very ahead. funny because it's a play on her name but she also did a film series called Marilyn chambers private fantasies oh yes she did she went ahead she went ahead and did all that she was very heavy aggressive in the porn industry um she also did a, a column for club magazine through the 80s called state of the nation and in 81 she released a book called sensual secrets and it was a book of sex positions and tips and one of the male models was young ron jeremy Mm. we all know who that is Mm. (laughs) and then she released another sex manual called the illustrated karma sutra in 81 as well She also had a little foyer and singing. (laughs) I saw that she was a cabaret uh, um, singer-dancer. She did a little disco-flavored number. Yep, she was a singer and dancer, so she did do live audience shows. Um, She was actually in vegas she had a couple of different vegas shows that she did um she was kind of in trouble for a couple of the different shows that she did because of the nature of them she wasn't supposed to be fully nude in a major hotel she got arrested (laughs) um she again was a little bit of a singer and so she was on the charts with the single Benny Hanna in 90 or in 76. Um, she also had a song from Insatiable called Shame on You, which plays over the opening credits. And she did the same song for Still Insatiable, which was the second part of that film that came in 99. And she also did a couple of other vocals for a couple of other films that she was in. And she was the lead singer of a country Western band called Haywire. Wow. <laughs> she was busy. And she was busy. She was super busy. And then again, she so also did. There's one. Oh, I just mentioned that she had done that horror movie. I found the name of it. It's called Rabid. It was from 1977. Yep. And then she did a low budget independent movie uh, later on and like shortly before she died called Solitaire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Um, so she also had in 85, this is when her like theater situation was going on and she was in a like plays, like physical plays in theater. Um she was arrested in San Francisco for, and she was charged with committing a lewd act in a public space and soliciting prostitution. Um, she had been putting on the show, the same show for years. 
And the only reason she was arrested this time around was because there were cops in the audience. Mm. And basically what happened was she allowed them to touch her with their hands and mouths during her show called Feel the Magic. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She was released for a $2,000 bail and then charges were dropped. But it's just kind of funny that it was essentially identified as she was just used as a pawn for the societies trying mm-hmm. to enforce the rules, controlled yeah. adult film industry. Mm-hmm. So after that, so after she left the industry because of AIDS, she went ahead and did a, a you know a bunch of things here and there. But then um, in '99, she went back back and made a couple more films. One being still insatiable, which is like. Well, almost 20 years after the original film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she probably was still insatiable. Girl. Then, this is where things get kind of funny and fucky. Because I just don't get it. 2004. She Five was, years before her death. Mm-hmm. She, was a, she was a vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party personal choice then in 2008 she was charles j's running mate for the tea party (laughs) oh wow yeah all kinds of fuckery and then 2009 she was found dead right without (laughs) any foul play supposed no cerebral cerebral hemorrhage they found pills in her system but it wasn't an aggressive amount to the point that would kill her Mm. so she did you know she did have issues with drugs she was her first marriage marriage was a guy named doug and she met him while he was playing bagpipes on the streets of san francisco and then she married chuck trainer who was her her you know manager and they were together for about 10 years in the mid eighties is when she had a addiction to cocaine well, and alcohol. Before you move on from Chuck Trainer, because I just want okay. to note that he was also previously married to Linda Lovelace. And Linda Lovelace is from Deep Throat. And I would say she's the more popular of these two ladies, or I guess the more mainstream name that you may know. I would say so. But yeah. yes, so Chuck went from Linda to Maryland. One to another. Wow. Yes. Wow. So that's why they were so, asking her about Coke in the um movie audition because she had a Coke problem in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. So um as she was with Chuck, she met William, who was a truck driver. Uh they went on a blind date for their first date. And then he called her immediately after and said, I cannot date you because I'm a recovering heroin addict. She got so upset that she kicked a wall and it broke her leg. He came to visit her in the hospital. And then when she got out of the hospital, they started a relationship and entered Narcotics Anonymous together. They married in 91 or 92. They had a child. They divorced in 94. 
And then when she was sober, she had a vanity plate on her car that said love and a mm. so she went through it yeah because i mean she did only die at 56 she was young exactly she's a young lady and she had one daughter mm-hmm. um and so they scattered her ashes at sea upon her request okay so the next time you're in the ocean say hey to Marilyn. <laughs> oh god well, thank you for that lovely breakdown and introduction to Miss Marilyn Chambers. Oh yeah, I tell um, me about what you read. Did you have well, a I article? did. I, I, I did tell you throughout. I oh, just okay, good. Rudely interjected <laughs> multiple times. No, it's fine. Um, totally. but I will read this quote. Um, it was who's it from? Mark Kearns, senior editor of Adult Video News, said that she certainly was one of the first famous porn stars in her day that was really Linda Lovelace, obviously for Deep Throat, and Marilyn Chambers. Um, He said that uh, Behind the Green Door was made all the more exotic, I think, for some people because she had been on the Ivory Snow box. So here's the Ivory Snow beauty queen having <laughs> hardcore interracial sex. That's a quote <laughs> from Mark oh, Ivory Snow box. Ivory Snow queen. I mean, having interracial sex. So, um, and th- there was just, there was I also a quote so from much, her so. saying that, like, she, you know wished that she could have moved on she said i would have loved to have moved on i've been stigmatized and it's something that's very difficult to get out of she mean move on from the ivory snow queen or (laughs) the controversy of the two yeah and the porn technically winning because she was taken off of the off the detergent box so <laughs> so yeah. Oh, yeah. We're gonna just take you off that box real here. <laughs> right. So um everything else I had was already interjected or the same as yours. Hell yeah. Well, Miss Marilyn Chambers, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I got my story from the LA Times. And mine was Wikipedia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. primarily um so do you have an add a girl for this week i do um yesterday seth and i just continued to put the house together and yesterday i was able to get the like walk-in closet room set up so that we're not pulling clothes off the floor because my dresser fits up there but his doesn't mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to buy we had to buy those clothing standing racks and assemble them and then hang all the clothes and so we tackled that yesterday and as much as I hate doing that it felt good so I'm proud of myself because we got her we got her done good yeah that project yeah. is very gratifying because you see it happen immediately yeah absolutely um daunting but gratifying <laughs> I mm-hmm. am going to Austin. I'm getting out of town mm-hmm. for a little bit. Yay. I got a bunch of dinner recommendations from 
various people who have visited or live in Texas. And uh, because I know that they're my friends and that means that they're most likely bougie as fuck. That means that these <laughs> restaurants need reservations far in advance. So I booked out reservations for dinner for every night that we're there, like two weeks in advance. Just in case? No, like we're going to do our loose itinerary around our dinner reservations. <laughs> because a lot of the places are requiring that you cancel within a certain time frame to not get charged yeah um and so i guess we do want to change the plans then we either have to do it before the deadline or eat the cost yeah so so at this point we're just navigating around dinners But it's the only way that you'd be able to actually get into these restaurants. I mean, it's going to be worth it. I know. has great food. So anyway, I'm I'm proud of myself. I got that all sorted because it was like this one place had nothing on Saturday, but they had stuff on Friday. Then this place had nothing on Friday, you know, so I had to bounce back and forth between them all. And yeah, it's a daunting task as well. (laughs) Yeah. Daunting. Anyway, that's thank you. Thank you. If you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe. Um, You can send us an email at homancepodcast at gmail.com for any hose of history you'd like us to look into. Or you can just DM us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles. Um, Please, you know, tell your friends, write us a review. And you can join the judgment free zone on Facebook. It's our closed group where there's extra naughty bits. So go to the Homance Chronicles, a judgment-free zone, and join the Facebook post group. Yeah. Homance out. (laughs) 